0: This podcast is for your entertainment only, and is not the place to find professional medical advice. Hey guys, Jamie Emerson here, founder of Chronic Comp. I'm here today chatting with Summer Moore, who's had who had chronic fatigue syndrome for a number of years. She's a working mom of two kids, and she actually overcame chronic fatigue syndrome through essentially using the power of her mind, which is actually crazy, and... So that's why I wanted to get her on the podcast to talk a little bit about her journey through chronic fatigue syndrome and out of it. How are you, Summer? I'm good. Nice to see you, Jamie. Good to see you too. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Um, can we just get started by you maybe telling us a little bit about your chronic fatigue journey, where that started? And I mean, and then kind of like sort of the journey from being diagnosed started, started getting it to recovery?
1: Well, it kind of started when, um, I was a mother of two, two kids. I had, you know, second baby, uh, six months old and I was just so tired. And as, as a mom, people always tell you, Oh yeah, it's tiring. It's tiring. I I think, um, I just think, no, I want to fall over flat on the floor. (laughs) I'm exhausted. Um, and yeah, you know, I had a toddler and a baby who woke up all the time at night. So I wasn't sleeping at night. Um, and a very stressful home environment, um, but um, yeah. Anyway, this whole like fatigue that I kept getting, I, I just thought there's got to be something else. So I went and got tested, and found out I had glandular fever. And in the next, uh, the following five years, I had recurring glandular fever, which is also known as I think mono in the states, and it comes from Epstein Barr virus. So it's nice <laughs> three three what names to is? know it by. Yeah, and um. And that just was reoccurring in my life. And that was in part because of uh, having a baby and, and toddler and, and no support really from my husband or partner at the time and living in actually a really toxic home environment. that was, was quite emotionally abusive. And um, that just wore me down as on top of just generally being a, a mother. Um, and with that, with chronic fatigue, um, Mono, you... The way to get over it, if you go and see the normal doctors is they say just go home and rest um which works well if you <laughs> have the ability to do that um but i didn't i was uh, mostly raising my children on my own and um i just didn't have that opportunity so i was doctor no i would say doctor shopping but i because most doctors will say just go home and rest i'm like i, I need to have something more other oh, good enough medications I can take. If it's a, a virus, how do we get to the heart of it? Did a lot of research on it. Um, but basically, I would get better 80% and then I'd drop back down. And that was also because during that period, uh, my, my marriage ended up, uh, it ended, uh, which was a huge relief uh, in a lot of ways emotionally. Um, but then going through a divorce with someone who is um, quite, uh, to- very toxic to you, is really tough yeah um and uh there and it was a lot of bullying and abuse and i'm doing taking on that as well as figuring out our future with two small children and being compromised with this fatigue um so i think and, but you know it doesn't matter whether it's divorce or any other stress going on in your life um just layering that stress you know i think being like you know, my mom is stressful uh, not having support is stressful, not getting sleep is stressful. Um, but if you're studying or you've moved country or you've started a new job or um moving house, there there's there's ways you should do it. And just having it all laid on top, um, it for me just crushed me. Uh because prior to that I was quite a, a, a high performing person. I would was adventurous with hiking and I did long distance bike riding and running and marathons and half marathons and um I was quite fit and active. And then in in the workspace, I worked in um, pretty hardcore sales environments in IT, as well as consulting before that with a lot of travel and long hours. So I kind of thought, oh, I can handle a lot of things. Um, But I think, you know, your mind takes you somewhere, but then your body is really trying to teach you what you can and can't handle. And we don't listen to it until it's often very uh, too late. Um, but sometimes too, life events happen, right? People get in accidents, people die. Um, there's different stressful situations, lose jobs. Look at right, right now what's happening with um, the coronavirus situation. Like there's a lot of stress going with people and uh, you can't control that. Um, and it's not your fault, but in any way, when you end up with these illnesses, it's um, but it's it's still your responsibility to try to, to get over it.
0: Um, so I had this recurring. Well, sorry, can I just touch on that? Because you say something big there. It's your responsibility to get over an illness. Why do you? Why do you think that? To
1: get over, I think look for the solution. Um, yeah. And I would say because. You know, for everyone, things happen, things happen to everybody, right? Everyone's got, I wouldn't say their baggage, but they've got their lot in life. And some, for some people, it's like, you know, asthma, for others, it's diabetes, for some, it's food allergies, for some, it's different mental health struggles. Um, Everyone's usually got something and you have to own it, accept it. Um, It's not your fault, but then it's your, it is your responsibility to do something about it. I think we can't go around saying, oh, I, I, you know, I get depressed and therefore I'm, you know, I can't do this and I can't do that. And it's like, and I've been in those spaces. And I know, you know what, you have to be very careful of labels and labeling. Yeah. Um, because sometimes we use that as a shield of almost look, not continuing to search for the solution or find recovery or realize at the end of the day, you can visit all the doctors you want or go through all of the, but it all comes back to you and you have to make the decisions that are right for you because it's your life
0: it's not there. <laughs> that's just interesting that you say that cuz I that's definitely was my experience with chronic fatigue syndrome like going to see all the doctors and them not having answers and I had I had to advocate for myself. I had to do the research. I had to say can I can you do this test because I think it's actually this and Yeah. Um, there was pretty there's only one time where I saw a doctor and they diagnosed me with something completely unexpected like other than the chronic fatigue syndrome and that was thrush. I had like a brown spot on my tongue and a doctor was like, oh, that's thrush. It's usually white, thrush is white, but I mean, as a 23 year old, you don't normally get thrush. Anyway, (laughs) that being said, yes, I, I, that's been my experience as well, that you definitely need to advocate for yourself and take responsibility. That's just a life thing. Taking responsibility. <laughs> I've,
1: I've got a yeah, psychology, you know, undergrad degree. And that's the one thing they said is that to be very careful of labeling people because they will then hide behind it. And um, even with chronic fatigue, it's like, yeah, I took a long time to even diagnose it, as you know, because they've got to rule out everything else, which is a lot of things that cover those those symptoms, this cluster of symptoms. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it, it does. It tends to be like that umbrella term, um, but it can cover like lots of different diseases. So to even when you, you know, kind of know that you have it, you to actually get someone to diagnose you is really tricky. Um, it's a gray area. A lot of GPs, just who you visit first, uh, don't know much about it. And I think GPs can't know everything. They've got to such a yeah. huge, broad spectrum of, of, of diseases um, and have the solutions basically for everyone. I don't expect them to know every everything, but, um, but just that desperation that you have is like, there's something wrong with me. And people just go, Oh, you're just tired. You're just a parent. Oh, you're going through a divorce. Or it's like, no, there's something really, really wrong. Yeah. Um, and just having that, like first kind of, I think identified, I think even if you can't find it, you know it yourself, like, you, you know, when things are right and, and, and not right with you. Um, and I think to listen to that in a voice, because often we, we do, we go to professionals and they say, Oh no, you're fine. I'm thinking I, I'm not. Like, you've got to listen to that. And then if their solution doesn't work for you, you have to keep on searching. Um, I I think, like, you just, or to me, I I don't give up on anything. Um, And I think that was maybe part of the the beautiful part of the journey is that you realize how strong that you are with keeping on fighting and looking for solutions um, and trying one thing and trying another. And, And I thought, you know, even if someone said to me, you've got to drink, you know, ox's blood for a week, I would have done it because I just did
0: so,
1: <laughs> this space. Right? Like, I just can't, op- I can't op- operate like this. I can't live in the 10%. That's how it felt. So, yeah, so as I said, I had like five you know, years of this recurring glandular fever, so I'd get better then I dropped down and I was going through a really stressful divorce as well. Um, but which people go through, um, but it is quite, it's, Soul crushing at times, um, and that just drains from you. And then you've got this other thing. And then I have children just needing needing me as well. Um, and uh, yeah, just to have that just taking so much energy from me. Um, yeah. Then I then I after five years, I, I got I felt a lot better, eighty percent better. decided to go take on a new job and uh, or take on on work again. And uh, with that, selling in the house and moving, and then having a big parenting uh, mediation that was really really stressful um I layered it and I just crashed and burned so the Epstein-Barr virus came back and then I couldn't really I could say I couldn't get out of bed but I had to because I had two children to get up to but if I had the option I would have stayed in bed and and it came with as a lot of chronic fatigue sufferers that fibromyalgia so that crazy aching pain you can't sleep you got foggy brain um what else? They, they say it's like uh, the day you feel after running a marathon whilst also having the flu and a hangover. Like you just can't connect your thoughts and you can't find the words that you usually used to use and then it's everything aches and you can't sleep properly and then there's the pain. Um, so th- that's what you try to describe chronic fatigue as, I think, is the best way <laughs> to do it. Um, and then you sleep and there's no recharge. Um, and I just felt like all I could live was that like you, that that ten percent life, and I'm like, I, I I can't. It's just I'm a person who does a lot of things, and yeah. I can't I can't live like that. And probably like you, are you thinking my future is not going to look like this? Um, and I went on all the chat sites, as you do, to f- try to find solutions. And you go on the crazy diets, right? Remove all of this and then remove all of that. And then you don't even know what to eat. I remember some days I'm like, I don't even know what to eat. So I'd be eating a lot of eggs. And then I was told, eating too many eggs. And <laughs> I was like, what's well, to eat anymore? Because everything is something yeah. that could trigger you or make you feel bad or worse. And then you realize you have an anxiety around eating. Well, I never have anxiety around eating, but... You know, your stomach, like your whole body is in this, we don't know what to eat anymore. So even eating is if your digestion is affected um, and you start on that path of a little bit, to be honest, craziness. Um, So I had to start looking at, you know, all the advice that was coming out of these kind of places and going, well, uh, this is getting too crazy because I I don't even know what I can eat. Um, And then knowing what to do. And and then people saying, you know, I've had chronic fatigue for 20 years. I think, as you know, when you read that, you're like, oh, I can't be one of, I can't have it for, yeah. for 20 years. Like, this is not my story. And I think, I, as I told you in the last time we spoke, was that that was a big eye-opener as I realized that I, I couldn't and I wouldn't join the Chronic Fatigue Club. And I think that's important for a number of long-term, like, chronic diseases, is to be very careful of joining the group where you all are like, oh, poor us, and oh, it's so hard, and, and no one gets it, which is true, but being in that mind state isn't really healthy because it's almost you subscribe to saying, this is what it's going to be, and I felt that it was yeah. really.
0: It's a delicate balance, I think, from what I've experienced myself and what I've seen because you need those moments of woe is me. You know, we all need those moments yeah. of know, like, like I've definitely had those moments and it's like, but it's like you cry, you have a woe is me moment and then you move on. You're like, okay, next thing, <laughs> you know, that's... I, I, No, you're actually, it's a good point. I must say when
1: um, you say that reminded me in the early days, I was, uh, came across quotes from Christopher Reeve, you know, who was Superman and, you know, he had his um debilitating accident. And he said that he would allow himself every morning, 20 minutes to uh, feel sorry for himself, and oh, I call you know, a pity party, um, and I think that's good. You have to honor your feelings, though. You say, you know, what this really does suck. <laughs> this is unfair, yeah. and I don't want this life. And I think you you do have to honor the feelings, and then you have to give it time, and then you got to move on. Because if you stay in that space, what well, I call it, pity city. I used to you know working a lot of change management, and it's like when things change, it's like you can end up being in this pity state and pity city is a place that you can visit but you can't stay (laughs) so I think yeah um but true yeah you're right honor it and it is good to connect to know that you're not so alone um and that it's not in your head
0: but crazy thing though I think what I what kind of blew my mind is when I saw the statistic around chronic fatigue syndrome at least in Australia it's 200,000 Australians live with chronic fatigue syndrome and the recovery rate is 5%. Wow. So it's like, you know, like when you're living with it for 20 years, for 10 years, it's, I mean, I don't have a solution for that. I don't like, I know for me, I recovered. I know other people that have recovered, but I, it's, it's, it's one of those delicate things where it's like you kind of straddle hope. And then also the reality that sometimes people don't ever recover and that's okay like that doesn't mean they're any less than a person it doesn't mean it just oh, no I think
1: that's a really hard place to be like really? I, I just think um but I think too, you got to what's right for you like I think if I accepted it and said like, this is the way I was going to be I think to having um two small children that relied on me yeah. that you know it's a game changer for life like I think uh, I, I really often didn't have any to, when i was in those bad states which we get into because there's no when there's no hope depression is is generally lurking on you and um i think I, I don't you know i i have to i have two little children so i have to make
0: this work, work. yeah
1: I, and i must say if i didn't i don't know where i would be if i had still had that chronic fatigue state um
0: yeah i but, think it's great uh, like where you're at yeah. For sure. I think definitely not wallowing in pity and um, it's, it's a delicate balance and I think my encouragement to anyone is have that determination choosing to say like I'm going to get better and I don't know I don't care how long it's going to take and um, whether it be full recovery or partial recovery or, or whatever like it's about the mindset for sure.
1: Yeah, I think that's really listening. Like I always tell my kids, that like, listen to how it feels in your heart. Like if someone says something mean, or if you do something mean, like how does that feel? And I think that's an important detective for when we are going to mean, you know, that desperate search with um with practitioners. Like, like how what do I say? How does it does that resonate with you? How does that feel for you? Um, and also trying to use that as to what makes you feel better because just raising your vibration around what feels better. Um. To you, whether it's being around certain people's company, um, whether it's watching like comedy. Like there's huge studies on people just watching comedy and how it lifts your spirits and it and lifts your vibration. I don't think vibration sound like a woo-woo word, but it's lifting your energy state where your body is better at repairing itself. And I think try to seek out as much of that as you can, because you can get stuck in that spiral of the old story of this is my life, I can't change it. But I've um Yeah, and you completely can. You've you've got to work at it though. Um it's that whole we talk about changing thoughts. Like you can change your thoughts. You have to change your mind. Like that's the one powerful thing you have is that you can think this way, but you know you can also think that way. And it's your responsibility to catch yourself when you're spiraling into the negative thoughts and pour me and catastrophic thinking, what's gonna happen to my life, how I support myself, to you know what, this isn't healthy to have this thought. I'm gonna think about something else.
0: And also, just for our listeners, I totally agree with that. Um, If you're feeling that way, get help. And you feel like you can't do it on your own. There's definitely resources out there. Reach out to us through our Instagram, through our website. And we'd love to get you connected with um, a psychologist or counselor. So, yeah, for those of you listening, there's options. And I've personally been in a place where I've had... um, been in that downward spiral and gotten counseling and it's been the best thing so on that note i i'd love for you i you last time we spoke you talked about that moment when you were in the u.s and you had that moment of like where you actually felt like you were just healed in that moment can you like can you tell us tell me a bit about like how you got to the u.s where that started and then what happened
1: yeah so i'll let you know that I, i you know i did a lot of um you know <laughs> saw lots of different people so like kinesiologists people say why and I, well kinesiologists work in energy and i needed energy so I, I saw them i saw doctors i saw integrative um doctors who i found I, I really are the best um and chinese practitioners and um tried lots and lots of people who would find sometimes helping a little bit or would last for a day and then I'd just go back um, so also, it's hard when you, you know you try and you get better, then you get that backward three steps, and that's yeah. that's really hard on your um your motivation. Um. So anyway, someone recommended a doctor called Dr. Michael Bell in Queensland, who unfortunately I think is practicing right now. Um, okay. But I spoke to him, and he was fascinating. He's really on the cutting edge of, of um medicine and, and tech, the latest technology. And he said, what he would do is I look at all my blood work and just see where if I, whether if I was in the, the healthy range or not. And he said, you know, it's not just about physically, uh, it's just, it's mentally too. There's um, a large part of health and it's true, it's mental health. Um, and somehow we just came to separate them. We just, we just look at that organ or that part, but we're part of a whole system and our brain has a huge uh, role to play in that. And he said, I want you to look into Dr. Joe Dispenza and another man called Dr. DiMartini um, and look at their work. So I thought, okay, I'll do that. Um, and by the way, too, he'd had a lot of success with people with PTSD and um, other diseases through, through his practice. So, yeah, so uh, Dr. Bellich told me to, to look into Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, I started to look up his stuff on YouTube. There wasn't a lot. I bought his book, which is called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Um, which is a nice little, you know, slap around the face. Um, and I like the thing about with Dr. Joe Dispenza was he just talked about how we do get set in these certain mind patterns, really, of, of thinking about the past, pre-planning for the future. We don't allow really any space in there. And um, and that's really the heart of, of meditation is that how do we just give our mind at first a break from everything and... Um, so anyway, anyway, I read up on your stuff. I did a little bit of meditation before. Uh, 20 years I've dappled in meditation, more um, yoga type, but not too deep. Um, but with his, I really liked it because it's guided. So you don't have to think. And you don't sit there saying om. Um, he guides you through the whole thing. He explains everything in um, easy to understand ways and uses a lot of scientific studies. Um, and it's that's based on you know, really ancient teachings, which a lot of cultures have used for, for thousands of years. So I, 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 I um, ended up having enough energy to be able to book a flight to his weekend workshop in Chicago. Um, wow. I, I just find that like things in person work much better than for me, reading a book or being at home. Um, you know, it's like when you go to church or if you go to yoga, like being around people in the same space is actually really uplifting to your own energy. So I, I did that, and um, it was funny. The night before the the event started, I should sure it said the day before, I was in bed for three quarters of the day at my friend's house, um, and I was still in a lot of pain not sleeping. Uh, the night before, we had like a, a pre uh, event meeting, and they said, Okay, come back tomorrow morning, make sure you finish the, the pre work, and that was doing a, an online meditation course. And um, so that night, I went and did the final meditation. in. Um, and he's kind of it's kind of a, it's a program that just gets you ready for his events, explaining all the background, just lectures, really easy to do. And so I did the final meditation of that, and in that meditation, um, it talked about because um, it's guided, you know, letting go of the things that hold you back, and letting go of like limiting beliefs. And we all we will generally we all have them in different ways. <laughs> Maybe some people don't, we're the lucky ones. Um, and it was about like, just how, like, how are you when you let go of some of those things? And two big ones that came up with me were for um, were uh, not being good enough. Wow. And and I've always struggled with perfectionism and trying and trying and being a high achiever just so I could be good enough and really working myself um, hard for that fear of failure. Um, and the other one was, was worthless and a oh, wow. worthlessness. And I thought I, you know, I personally don't think that I'm worthless, but I had been accepting situations um, where I behaved in that way. I was accepting being treated by people in a way. Um, you know, i say I think I'm worth more. I would accept their treatment of me, um, and that's you know, you know toxic and uh, abusive relationships um, that were not good for me, and people that really, really took a lot from me um, personally. So. Um, I think I'm a natural giver. Um, I'm optimistic and just um, didn't set boundaries on people that were influential in my life or I gave them that influence. Yeah. <laughs> and rather yeah. than saying, you know what, this isn't healthy for me and you're not good for me. Um, so in that meditation, I just really dropped those whole feelings of feeling worthless and um, and not good enough. And I just I don't know, I just, I remember just feeling extreme joy, like I was flying with seagulls, and I was crying, and it was tears of just joy, and I felt so free, and in such beautiful bliss, Um, you know, it was like a giant hug, a thousand hugs, and afterward, um, I just knew it was, it was kind of, it was gone, Um, and the next day, I got up, and I, I ran to the lake, and I went for a swim, and you know, I hadn't done running for maybe 18 months or more um and to swim and i was awake all day because it was a meditation retreat but we were in we were had 14 hour days and i was awake usually i I wouldn't be able to as you would know you can't manage that the concentration or the pain was completely gone
0: um wow that's a that's crazy it was
1: it was crazy. Um, all the food th- intolerances I had as well. I wasn't you know, eating weed or drinking, having dairy. Um, going out a sandwich, my stomach was fine. I had milkshakes. I could have a glass of wine. Prior to that, I think if I had that much wine, my whole body would just be completely depleted and I'd be <laughs> completely drunk. Um, yeah, I was up late at night. I went visited friends in, in the US that I had afterwards and I was just back. Um, it was... It was amazing um don't wow. think that hurt was my legs because i hadn't run for a, such a long time um so then yeah it's um that was just for the weekend and he teaches you breathing techniques and just you know what he tries like pulling your mind out of your your body we get yeah. set in these patterns in these ways and then we think this is it and we buy into a story that isn't true right we can change our stories we forget how powerful we are we forget how we really are extraordinary beings or absolute miracles. We come from miracles, you know, how babies are born and made, It is extraordinary. And we forget the power that we have and that, that sometimes we get stuck in these loops that are unhealthy and things like disease come along to kind of punch you in the stomach or kick you up the butt to wake you up to like, what is going on? And you have to go on that journey and really figure it out
0: wow yeah that i relate so much to what you're saying as well because um that's when i went to counseling when i had chronic fatigue syndrome i'd done all the things and then that's exactly that i was wasn't enough and that i was worthless and that i needed to be perfect the exact same core beliefs and (laughs) um and that's I mean, I, that was definitely the root of the majority and still is the resu- result of the majority of my health issues. Cause I do still have some, and it's been a journey for me. It wasn't an immediate, like I have this revelation that all of a sudden I'm worthwhile and that I'm enough. And it's been a journey. Yeah, no,
1: I I, I hear you. It's not like I just suddenly went, oh yeah, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I understand. I completely understand um, because uh, like even with that um, I th- renewal or I guess, you know, what they say is that in this meditation, your brain gets into brain states where it just does a reboot of your whole body. Wow. Um, it also gives your body a break because wow. we are, like I said, we, we think about the past, we think about the future. We've got all these things we've got to do. Um, people are on anxiety, depression, all this stress, all this pressure. And there's no like, <sighs> yeah so particularly when you're you're unhealthy you're fighting things but when are you giving your brain and your body a break just a break you know it's like when you sleep but sometimes as you know when you're in pain you can't sleep properly yeah. so it's it, it just allows that that space to just stop and even heal in that so even if you can do a little bit of meditation it just gives everything a break and then it can and you can build on it from there and i think it's really important with today with all the constant information at us to create that space for a break to heal and to reflect and to create a different path and different loop um but yeah but the, the 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 other feelings that you talked about you know i i came home after the event and i started to um feel them back again. And I was like, wow. And you go look at your environment. I was um, affected by two really insignificant people in my life who I realized were uh, sucking the life out of me, or you could just say toxic people, or um, yeah, and I and I continued to allow it to be in that way. And I had to put boundaries. And I think it's it's what we have to do. you got to save yourself. Um, You have to save yourself in the end with health um, like we just spoke about like you have to say all right i can't be around you because you i don't i don't have capacity anymore um and i'm compromised and i can't do that so having to have not hard conversations but um just removing yourself from situations or stopping communication with certain people um some people you can't like you know i have an ex-husband and but it's like the way i would communicate with him just to keep it really minimal and simple. Or like I had people in my family who weren't too healthy for me. Um, and I thought I'm not gonna, we don't have the same story anymore. So I'm not, I not even had frank conversations about what I will and wouldn't tolerate. Um, uh, yeah, going forward anymore.
0: That's really interesting though, because I've had very similar revelation of setting boundaries, having conversations. Um, I find that it's hard to do that because there's an initial emotional it's almost like a breakup there's an initial emotional like sadness of cutting someone off or changing the relationship but what comes out of it is actually so much healthier than what was behind it did yeah, you find I'm that probably a good person who feels the way that you felt with that worthless
1: and stuff it's sometimes hard to even have the conversation um, or not been wanting to invite conflict. Um, but yeah, I think in one particular situation where I really just shut down that, that, that relationship that was, effect, that was affecting me so much, I felt so good. And I'd forgotten how, actually, I don't think I've ever felt as good in my life with just not cutting that off. And I also had to recognize, as you might choose certain people, you want relationships with that you have them with that you want to be better and you have this ideal in your head. And people are going to have have this with with like parents or siblings. And the truth is, when you look at it, it's like you just don't get that. Like, unfortunately, you don't get the magical brother or sister or mother or partner. Like, that's just not what you get. And you have to accept that um, rather than we live in this ideal that, oh, if I do this, it'll change. Or maybe they won't. Like, no, you just sometimes have to accept certain things in life and just say, I'm going to just look after me and what's right for me. And I'm sad that I won't have that relationship, but I never actually had it anyway. So
0: yeah. And also trust. I think for me, it's like, okay, that relationship isn't going to ever look like I want it to be, but that means that if I accept that, that's going to leave me open to find other relationships that are going to be more fulfilling.
1: Absolutely. Right. And, yeah. you, and then you, and you keep yourself open to that too. You're like, you know what? I want to have great people in my life. I want to have awesome friendships. I want to spend more time with the people that make me feel good. And I think that's a really good um, indicator. that like what makes you feel good? What people do you, What people light you up? Be around them. And are you also participating in lighting them up as well? Um, yeah, I think that like you really use that as your kind of navigation.
0: There's so much here as well. Like, I think we're very much on the same wavelength in terms of all of that. In terms of meditation, what does a typical yeah. meditation session look like for you? So after um, yeah, this, this Dr. Joe event and doing
1: his meditations, which you kind of step deeper and deeper into meditation, um, I you know came back. I was here three weeks. I started to slip back into what felt like chronic fatigue again. So I went to one of his, like, five-day retreats. So I thought just to be away from your environment, which I highly recommend to a lot of people if if you can, sometimes you need to escape what you're in, maybe go away even for a week and reconsider things or just have some time to yourself um, can be incredibly healing. <laughs> um, just to be away from responsibilities even is huge. Yeah. Um, and um, so anyway, so yeah, it's so my meditations when I, I went back to this five day retreat and what I found, it just kind of gave me extra power to just be on top of, of at least the health side of things, or so my physically, I felt just amazing, um, and the meditations would get into states where, you know, I'd be like, just see gold, and beautiful things, and you'd feel the most beautiful, beautiful love, and you would realize, that all came from in here, and yeah. we look, out everywhere for these things right we buy stuff or in people and we realize that you can get it from here and when you be in these states you don't want anything you just want to stay there if you can um and you love everything and you love everybody and it'd be wonderful if everyone was in that state really so just getting to those states made me realize um i need to for me for my health condition. I have to meditate. That's my medicine, whether I like it or not. I do find it hard to sit and meditate. Um, And many people say, oh, I can't do that. You can, you just have to do it. Um, It's like sit up. So no one really wants to do them. (laughs)
0: It's discipline.
1: It's discipline. And I, yeah, I'm not very disciplined. So I came back and I want to say, I wasn't a hardcore meditator, but I would try to do it in the morning um, because it sets you up for the day. It gets that mindset. I'm not that way anymore. I'm this way and 20 minutes um in the evening if I could as well uh 20 minutes if you do deeper meditations it's 40 about 40 minutes to an hour and I would just follow his meditations because I didn't have to think I just sat down put it on and it would just click and I would get into these deep states
0: quite so this long. is Joe
1: Dispenza this is Joe Dispenza's um does he have an app or do you go on YouTube what are um a lot of them if you used to be had to buy them from his site so you can purchase them from you know i think dr joe dispenser.com um he's got a lot of youtube videos if you want to find out more information about him Uh, he explains his background and his approach and it's not crazy woo woo stuff it makes complete sense scientifically a lot of doctors um, all types of people are at, at his events um but you can, you can YouTube Dr. Joe Dispenza um, meditations and there's lots of free ones already on like YouTube to, to okay. follow.
0: Okay. Yep. For those listening, we'll put it in the show notes so you guys can go to the show notes on our website.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and I, I do, I do kind of recommend just even like reading the book, it's like $20 and it gives you a good understanding and even yourself and the thought patterns you set yourself up for and how like yeah meditation can just really give you a break and help you recreate a different future which is which is what I've done since then um and those feelings that you talked about um yeah letting a lot of them go but like they they don't serve us i know we get hooked on them um but we have to be you know vigilant in seeing when they come up when they show up and you know yeah. are are they, are they tr- is that true are you worthless no <laughs> You're actually not. Like we have to question some of the craziness of our thoughts and go, you know what? That's not a good thought. I'm gonna pick another one. And you have that ability, um, that beautiful free will that I think we, we forget.
0: So on that note, like say you're having a bad day um, and you're like full of all of these negative thoughts and yep. woe is me or like, it's this person that, et cetera, et cetera. What, it, like, what happens in your brain? when you're having that kind of a day and you, you're trying to get to a more positive place.
1: I think, um, yeah, I know I still definitely have those. Um, um, what I try to do is when I, when I really notice it, like I think it's recently, I was just going to come down in a bit of a funk and I can struggle with, um, more depressive thoughts and, um, it, that's my thing to battle, right? I own it and I see it. Um, I don't medication doesn't work well for me in that space at all. Um, so and I, so I'm like, well, I have to do something different. Usually exercise is, is one of the best things for me, even though you don't ever feel like doing that when you're in that yeah. state of mind. <laughs> I, yes, Yesterday, I was like, it's too cold. I don't want to go for a run. And it's like, I need to move because I know once it does, it affects all the chemicals in your body. You start looking at things differently. And we need to go to these places, right? To say, all right, things aren't going well. Where's my go-to list? I think it's important to have a go-to list. And it's like, make yourself go for a run or a walk or chronic fatigue. That's hard, right? You couldn't do that. And you'd be like, I need that, but I can't do that. So um, other things, I think, to change, shift your mind, your state of mind. I found comedy um i think people forget it's it's so available to us and i, I had this real like, uh-huh. epiphany myself it's like when you laugh either even with a friend or it's something funny you're suspended in this state where you don't think about the past or the future or anyone that might have wronged you or stress you're just in this beautiful laughing land and you don't often you know it's only for a few moments so if you can find someone to make you laugh or if you can you know, some of you just self-direct this stuff. is like, find the comedians that you like or a show that you like, and sit down. And so I'm just going to focus on this for the next half an hour. And afterwards, just those changes chemically will shift your mindset. Um, and and that's a technique that is used by often, like therapists. You're having this thought. How do you choose a new thought? And music is is the other one. Like I create a happy music list. That when you hear it, it's true. Your body goes woo it starts breaking those silly thoughts that you will have. And I, I think yeah, it's, like I said, it's good to have that kind of that plan in place, write it down somewhere. I'm not feeling great. These are the people that make me feel good. I'll just call them up for a chat. Um, and then I'm going to watch these shows or rewatch that movie. I love or go for it if you can do any physical activity that does change you. Yeah. Your state.
0: Um, That's uh, so good. My counselor calls them pleasant events. So it's like, yeah, he's like, so Jamie, have you done your pleasant events? Like all these things that you enjoy doing, that's basically putting value on yourself. And I totally agree. It's like very similar. And it de- for me, it depends on the situation, right? Like I had a situation recently where I felt like this person was taking my power. Like, and I was like, mm, nah. And it was st- stressing me out. And I was like, no, I'm going to take my power back. So I went on my electric scooter next to the beach and started listening to French rap. And I like took my power back, you know, internally.
1: <laughs> Female empowerment songs too, right? Now girl, like Beyonce, listen to Beyonce. You yeah. got your power back and, and that is like the same kind of energy. You pick up on it and your body does too. And we forget like, it's all frequencies and they're all, well, one thing I've learned is like it's all about vibration. And if you can, my thing is raise your vibration, whether it's through the fun music or I don't know, company or meditation. It's raising vibration to be higher than that illness that's affecting you, and that breaks it down because you're like, I'm booming up here, and it's it's not it's not happening in your body so much anymore. It's losing its control over you, um, and you got to keep working at that and staying in that, and that is your job, I think, kind of till you get better and you can just keep tapping into it and next like you don't even remember who you were before when you were sick like I'm sure you have that you think I forgot how bad it was like how much I was struggling unless I look at some old notes that I find around the house like trying to make gratitude lists of oh I I was able to do half an hour or something today you know it's like you look at these old things that you were and you're like I don't even remember that person anymore And I I just, my, my thing is to people in the state is just, know there's a future you who is cheering you on, wanting you to come back and they know you can do it and have the pity moments um, and then build so much of those, would you call them? Pleasant? Pleasant events. Yeah. Pleasant events. Um, And you know, my my path was, was meditation. Um, That's because other options didn't work for me and I was led that way. Um, it may not be, be some people's, but a lot of it just makes sense. Like we, we have quite crazy demanding lives. And then when you add a chronic illness to it, it's terribly troubling. Um, and it's very challenging in yeah. so many ways. Um, you've got to find what's right for you. And I, I just, I stumbled across this path and now every year, except this year, cause it's COVID, I make myself go to a retreat. I'm like, it's, I don't think about it. It's like, it's done. If I can get in, I go because it gives me that break. I get a good reset and I meet wonderful, wonderful people as well. Um, you never usually meet in life. And that's also a great thing to do. Also, everyone who's super supportive and we need that. And there's some really, really sick people there and extraordinary things happen, but everyone's just trying. And I think it's great to surround yourself with that.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks so much for sharing your journey and your thoughts and um, your experience with chronic fatigue and coming out of that. It's been a real pleasure to have you on the podcast, get to know you. And um, yeah, just thanks again so much.
1: That's okay. And I can, yeah, I have a list of, of people that I thought were great with kinesiology, like every kind of person added their little bits to, to my recovery. And even I think someone's understanding yourself. Yeah. Um, and to rule out other things that, that it could be, like toxins in your house. Like, you just never know what, what could be affecting you more than anything else. And it's good to, to definitely rule out a lot of things. Um, and even people, <laughs> you rule out people. <laughs> so, exactly.
0: So we'll put all, like, we'll put all of, uh, for those listening, we'll put all of those resources on the show notes and um, some of those practitioners on our database. So go ahead and go to the show notes on our website. Have a look. Follow us on Instagram. And thanks again, Summer. So lovely chatting with you. Yeah, you too, Jamie. Thanks for listening to the Chronic Hope podcast. If you want access to show notes, go to chronichope.org, where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. And make sure to follow us on our Instagram at chronic underscore hope. See you next week.